Welcome to My Fair Katie, a film review podcast. I, Katie Schimmick, watch movies with my dad. That'd be me, Scott Schimmick. Together we will dive into sometimes deep, but hopefully always fun discussions of classic films. Today's movie is Gaslight. A strange drama of a captive sweetheart. That one's pretty good. Eh, not a fan. Really? Wouldn't make me go see that movie. Yeah, I guess that's true. Made in 1944, Gaslight is a psychological thriller based on a 1938 play, Gaslight. George Cukor directed Gaslight. He had worked as a director on both Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz, but that would have been a big year, huh, if he had actually directed both those movies? Yeah. And not just for the first week? Yeah. Yeah. I bet he would have made a lot of cash. I bet he would have won a lot of Oscars. Ingrid Bergman from Casablanca stars as Paula Alquist, a young woman who was running from tragedy when she found love. That sounds like a sweet movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's far from it. Oh, yeah, it is. Charles Boyer from Love Affair plays her new husband, Gregory Anton. Hey, I got a question for you. (laughs) Is he a better or worse person in this movie or in Love Affair? I don't know. That's kind of (laughs) hard. He doesn't cheat anybody in this one. He just murders people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Joseph Cotton plays a Scotland Yard detective, Brian Cameron. And Angela Lansbury plays the young maid, Nancy. Why does she sound so familiar? Because she's Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast. I'm guessing you haven't seen Murder, She Wrote. That's probably where you know her from. Murder, She Wrote? Yeah, it's a TV show. Oh. That old people watch. Oh. Is that why you know it? I don't know it. I've actually never seen an episode of it. You're not a very good old person. I'm not. Paula's aunt, the famous opera singer, Alice Alquist, had just been killed. Paula moves away to Italy. Years later, she meets Gregory and they get married. He suggests that they move back to the house in London her aunt left for her. To help calm her nerves, Gregory suggests that they store all of her aunt's things in the attic. Before they do, Paula discovers, in an old book, a letter addressed to her aunt by a man named Sergius Bayer. Bauer. <clears throat> Sergius Bauer. Gregory's reaction is extreme. However, he dismisses his outburst as one of frustration at Paula's distress. Events begin to get odd. During an outing at the Tower of London, during an outing at the Tower of London, Paula loses an heirloom brooch that Gregory had given her, despite its having been stored safely in her handbag. A picture disappears from the walls of their house, and Gregory says that Paula took it one of the many instances of her removing and hiding things. But Paula doesn't remember doing any of this. Paula also hears footsteps coming from the sealed attic and sees the gaslight dim and brighten for no apparent reason. Gregory suggests that these things exist only in her imagination. Gregory isolates his wife from everyone, implying that he is doing so for her own good. He is also jealous and accusatory whenever others express an interest in her. He acts quite jealous when Inspector Cameron seems to recognize her at the Tower of London. When Gregory does take her out, he shows Paula his watch chain, from which his watch had been mysteriously disappeared, then finds it in her handbag. Paula becomes hysterical in front of all the guests, and Gregory takes her home. Paula begins to believe she should not go out in public anymore. Nancy, the maid, only makes things worse. Paula becomes convinced that Nancy loathes her. 
Gregory secretly flirts with the maid and tells Paula that she is paranoid and is imagining the maid's disdain. Gregory does everything in his power to convince his wife that she is going mad, hoping to have her institutionalized. Cameron follows Gregory at night and figures out that Gregory slips into a vacant house next door and enters his own attic via skylight. Cameron eventually gets inside the house to see Paula and confirms the gaslights are indeed flickering. That same night, Gregory finds the jewels disguised as costume jewelry. He returns to the house to discover that Paula has apparently been visited by another man. He convinces the still-confused Paula that everything is in her imagination. However, Cameron appears in the doorway behind and arrests him with the help of the police. Paula now gets a bit of revenge. She taunts Gregory, who is now bound to a chair but is still trying to manipulate her, suggesting that she might cut him free. Paula has learned that her husband is really Sergius Bauer, her aunt's murderer. He sought out Paula in Italy with the aim of getting back into the house for Alice's jewels. He has been secretly rummaging through Alice's belongings in the attic to find the jewels, which he is certain are still there. The footsteps Paula heard in the attic were actually his. The dimming gaslights, which he claimed she had imagined, were caused by his turning on the attic lights, thus reducing the gas to the downstairs lights. So Gaslight was nominated for a bunch of Oscars and even won a couple. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role, Charles Boyer, Best Actress in a Leading Role, Ingrid Bergman won for that, Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Angela Lansbury, Best Writing Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Black and White, and it also won another Oscar for Best Art Direction, Interior Decoration, Black and White. (laughs) It's quite a subcategory, but an Oscar win nonetheless. It is on the AFI number 78 most thrilling movie. I agree with that. I think it should be higher, though. Yeah? Yeah. There's a lot of thrilling movies we haven't seen because they're really not appropriate. Oh, never mind. Yeah, there's a lot of age-inappropriate movies that are on that list. Rotten Tomatoes, 86%. Popcorn rating, 90. IMDb, 7.8. Pretty solid numbers overall. Yeah. Earmuffs, pretty clean movie. Except for the fact that he's trying to make his wife well, go crazy. <laughs> yeah, but no bad language. Not a lot of smoking or drinking. But there is kissing. Wow, it's pretty mild kissing. Even in 1944. So, you know, this movie and the play, mostly the play that it was based on, but this became really popular because of the movie. The term gaslighting became a thing, and that's making somebody think they're crazy. And it's a form of psychological abuse. Did you get arrested for it? Oh, come on, man. That's not very nice. What? The serious question. Did I get arrested? No. Could you get arrested for it? Oh. I thought you said, did I get arrested for it? <laughs> I'm like, wow. That was harsh. Um, could you get arrested for it? Yeah. Uh, I don't... I, I don't well, know. Well, maybe like if you... Like small, like minor things, like a joke to a friend... But, that's kind of the genius of the gaslighting is he didn't really do anything like there's no physical damage right yeah there's it's emotional abuse but like if somebody like did you did you yell at her no never did you call her any names no gosh no never would I call her any names But this was way worse. So gaslighting is a thing. So how about our hero? 
Who was the hero of the movie? The main character. Paula. Paula. Even though she's not really the hero of the movie. Well, she needs some saving, doesn't she? Yeah. Not the the strongest female lead we've had in all the movies we've done. So was she a good guy? Yeah. Was she a good person in this? Yeah. She was the one who was getting hurt. She wasn't hurting others. Yeah, she didn't do anything to deserve that either, did she? No, she was a really nice wife. And she trusted her husband. That's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, especially that guy, because we know he's just going to cheat on her. Yeah. With Irene Dunn. Yes. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait, he cheated in both movies that we saw, because he secretly flirted with the other woman. With the maid? Yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Potts. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a tough one. We always talk about what choices would you make differently. And I want you to think about what choices you would make differently if you were in the same situation. You got you to gotta remember that this case, the situation is really important. And that is, she legitimately thinks that she's gone crazy. I would probably go tell somebody other than my family. That you've gone crazy? Well, that I think I've gone crazy. Remember, this is 1838. Oh. So, do you know what happened to crazy people in 1838? They got put in asylum? Yeah. And this was not... I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing pleasant about being in a mental institution today. But compared to 1838... Didn't you get, like, tied up in in a room with nothing? Yeah, they they treated them very, very poorly. I mean, it's only recently where that's really changed. But it was really, really bad in the 1800s. So, you sure you would have gone and told somebody? No. It's tough to come up with a different choice, given what she was going through. Yeah. She, what would you do? I don't know if I could have made any different choices. I would probably marry Cameron at the end. Because he seems nice. And he just saved me. Yeah, but... And he thinks that I'm the most beautiful woman in the world. She's a very beautiful woman. But she's also cuckoo. No, she's not not... Uh, I... Not, he, he did damage to her. Like, will she ever be able to believe things ever again? Probably not. Will she ever be able to trust a man ever again? No. It doesn't seem like it, does it? I mean, what she's been through, pretty rough. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know if, if Joseph Cotton... Well, he might want to save the damsel. I don't know if he's the kind of guy who wants to take on take on somebody who has potential to be loony. Maybe he does. Maybe she's not. Maybe she can put it all behind her. She seemed a little crazy, though, once she knew she was right and she was torturing him at the end. Oh, yeah, that is true. It was earned, though. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if she would have stabbed him. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. That, like, at the end, when she picked up the knife, I thought she was just going to stab him. And, yeah. like, not, like, so he... I know this is kind of me, but not so he killed him. But, like, so he Ooh. sat there bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> just little cuts, just to torture him? Yeah, because he tortured her. That would have been fair. But not really. Because you should never do that to anybody, even if they deserve it. No, but it would have been fair. All right, just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you have to be a bad guy, right? Mm -hmm. So, who's the bad guy? 
Charles Blake. Yeah, Gregory, right? Mm-hmm. What were his motivations? To get the jewels. To find the jewels. Most villains' motivation is to get more money. It's a popular motivation, but not this season. So far we've had uh, to get more blood and to... Uh, Prove that you were smart. To Well, not even more, yeah. I mean, but even more than that, to become a god, right? Oh, yeah. But so this one is a little more traditional. Maybe not so much of a horror movie because of that. Maybe more of just like a a thriller. Yeah. Usually I think, and this isn't always the case, but I think horror movies have to have like a almost a supernatural element, whether it's a monster or a ghost or something that's not scientifically plausible. Really? Because I find the scariest movies for me are movies that like things that can actually happen to you, like a kidnapper or like somebody murdering you. Ghosts are the ones that give me because they're the creepiest. <laughs> but like, you know, thrillers are great too, and they can be very exciting and tense. Mm-hmm. But like, you don't have trouble sleeping at night because, you know, <laughs> there's some crazy person out there to get you because you haven't met a crazy person yet. Did you know that one in five people that you walk across on the street are sociopaths? Or, like, every, no, okay, but every person, like, almost every person walks by a serial killer in their life. Yeah, I'm not surprised, given my walk to work every day. I work in a law firm, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably 80% sociopaths. (laughs) Wait, are you just being mean to yourself? I'm being mean about the entire profession. It's a lawyer joke. Okay. Yeah. I'm a lawyer. I'm allowed to make them. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. So did he have a point, though? Mm. It depends on how much those jewels. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so killing one old lady and driving another one insane. Oh, never mind. <laughs> is there any amount of money that would be no. a valid amount of money? No. Wait, which one do you think, like, do you think um, torturing, like, and making her think that she went crazy or actually killing somebody, which one do you think was worse? (laughs) Well, killing somebody. (laughs) Do you not agree? I do agree. I just want to know what you thought. Okay, yeah, then we're on the same page here. (laughs) Yeah. Simpatico. Yep. Okay. (laughs) So, no point. No point. Okay. So, the setting of the movie. Where was the movie set? 1838 London and Italy. Well, a little bit in Italy, but it was really... Mostly London. 1830s London, yeah. So, how important was that to the story? Pretty important. Very important. Yeah. Because if it was set in, like, 2019, there wouldn't be gas lights. And then that whole thing wouldn't work. Okay. You could do it with other stuff, though. Hot water. Yeah, you could the hot water heater. <laughs> yeah. Or if, like, because you know how sometimes, like, there's, like, different things that you can pay for Netflix, and one of them is, like, only one person gets to watch at a time. Maybe she's downstairs watching Netflix, and he's upstairs, and he wants to watch Netflix, (laughs) and then hers just cuts off. He's going to watch Netflix while he searches for the jewels? Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty good. (laughs) They should do a parody of that. (laughs) 
They should do one where uh, with the hot water. (laughs) And every time he leaves, she takes a shower. But then he goes upstairs to take a shower. Oh, yeah. Hmm. After he's done, so like... And maybe he's just searching for peace and quiet. (laughs) Because she's already crazy. Because she's actually crazy? No, that's that's the joke. He doesn't drive her crazy. She's driving him crazy. You should write a script. And everybody thinks he's trying to drive her crazy. You should write a script and sell it to Netflix and then be a a millionaire. Yeah, okay. (laughs) We're not going to be doing these podcasts for a couple of weeks, sorry. (laughs) I'm going to be busy writing a script. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get right on that. Okay. <laughs> so what'd you think of the craft work, the the filming and cinematography? How was that? Pretty good. There wasn't any scenes that really stood out to me though. It was pretty straightforward filming. It was you could tell in a way that it had been a play and it was pretty faithful to the play. Mm-hmm. The way it was so centered in certain rooms. Oh. You know, and the way characters would come and go, um, like they would on stage. How about the music? Um, music near the end was really cool and spooky. Spooky. Yes. It it helped build up the tension for sure. It was yeah. it was pretty good. The, the soundtrack. Any special effects? No. This one didn't really need the special effects. No. No. We'll see some some more special effects as we're coming up. This will be already be the only movie we do this season. Maybe one other one where there aren't like lots of special effects. Costume design. Anything. Of note there, there was one special costume. Which one? Oh. <laughs> dress. Yeah. Her outfits were really pretty. Yeah. And, like, very fancy. I like seeing old outfits from, like, the 1800s. Or the 1700s. 1800s. 1700. 1838s and 1800s. I thought that... 1838 is usually in the 1800s. But I thought that... It would be the 1700s because you'd have to add. What? What? This is the 21st. Oh. Oh. I meant meant the 19th century. I'm so glad you worked that out on your own without me having to say anything. (laughs) The 19th century. All right. (laughs) How about the editing? I think it was too long in the middle. You always say that. The middle was the good meaty part. That's where he's trying to drive her crazy. I thought there should have been more of her driving her crazy. I don't think those like, what like four instances were really enough to oh. justify her going completely losing it. Yeah. So did you have any any nits in this movie? In the beginning, uh, when when Paula found the letter, he like snatched it from her and crumpled it. But then at the end, it wasn't wrinkled. No, it was perfectly smooth, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everything was placed perfectly in the drawer. Yeah. The in the desk, which wasn't very secure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all it took was a little, little, little All it took was a little letter. All it took was a little letter opener. Pop that thing right open, and all of his secrets were revealed. Wait, I thought that was the key. No, because when he put his key in, he was wiggling, and it didn't work, and that's when he oh. saw the damage. Oh. Yeah, the inspector just used a letter opener and popped it open. A letter opener just happened to be right there. Pops right open, and all of the secrets are right there in the drawer. Really? The brooch sitting right perfectly on top. The letter, nice and smooth, right there. Wouldn't you, like, try to hide it or something? Yeah, better than that. Yeah, that's my point. Here's another nit I got about him, okay? He spends, like, ten years 
figuring out where she's at, arranging them to fall in love, arranging them to get married, and then convincing her to move back into the house. All the time, he knows she's in Italy. He knows the house is empty. Just sneak into the house at night and look for it. He's already sneaking in there when they're living there. It'd be easier to sneak in when nobody's there. That's a serious logical flaw in this movie. Did I just ruin it for you? No. I didn't think of that. He's so stupid. <laughs> I know. <sighs> and then he wouldn't have to like completely destroy her life. Yeah, or risk getting caught. Or go through all the shenanigans. He probably could have found it in like a day or two. And oh, have yeah, had it years been, before. And he could have been like, because he didn't have to just be up there for half an hour. He could have been looking the whole day. Yeah. In the and, daytime. Yeah, and so you could actually see the jewels quickly. Yeah. Charles Way is not that smart. Neither is Gregory. Well. You don't like Charles Boyer. No, I don't. He played bad person, and then he was... A worse person. A <laughs> worse person. <laughs> well, maybe. And, yeah. And the other nit I have is that all of these British people, none of them were British. Angela Lansbury is like the only one. Ingrid Bergman, Swedish. Charles Boyer, French. Joseph Cotton, American. They're all supposed to be British, and none of them are speaking... Well, Sergius Bauer, I guess, is not British. But you'd think he'd have a... Where did he get a French accent from? <laughs> so, unanswered questions. Were they ever really married? Yeah. Were they? Yeah, because... Because Gregory is not a real person. <laughs> Whoa, right? Whoa. <laughs> so were they actually married? No. Yes. No. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Do they need to get a divorce before she marries the inspector? <laughs> um, no, because his name is Serge's Power. Yeah. What if there's like... Say he like, Some other dude named Gregory Anton. Yeah, I was just about to say that. And he escapes prison, and he gets, like, full plastic surgery, and that other Gregory happens to, like, pretty much like him, and they look for him, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, he... And then he gets charged, and he has to go to prison for nothing that he did. Wow. Because who comes up with that name? That's, like, that's crazy. That's... Really that's, like, four other completely different movies all mashed together. <laughs> That's like Face Off and... Escape. Yeah, and Les Miserables. <laughs> oh, wait, you were naming actual movies? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just... <laughs> Yeah, uh, you write that script and I'll work on the parody of Gaslight. Okay. And we'll see who gets who gets the movie made first. Winner gets five dollars. That's it. Fifty dollars. How about millions? Well, no, from the other one. Millions. You can get millions from the movie company. You get five bucks from me. I call Netflix. No, actually, Amazon and Hulu. <laughs> you You're have not gonna to go for like a real movie. What you just described, you don't think is like a big budget movie? No, but you if you get I sell like Will it. Smith in it. But if I sell it to... Or Chris like... Pratt. Oh, yeah. Chris Pratt could be the guy. The hero. Oh. 
Okay. You want Chris Pratt to yeah. save the day? Oh, okay, so here's a better ending. At the end, the same detective who saved Connor, what was his name? Joseph Cotton. Yeah, Joseph Cameron. Cotton. Cameron. <laughs> um, what if he's actually the detective that figures it out? Again. The same guy? Yeah, who figured out the case of Paula and Gregory. What if he's the one who figures out that. The new identity? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that could be Chris Pratt. So Chris Pratt will be the cop? Yeah. And Wait. then we could get twins. Like Tom Cruise? Wait. Then we could get somebody who looks just like um, Charles Boy, and they can play both parts. Okay. I'll get to work on that. Okay. I'll get somebody attached to the script for you. As soon okay. as you get it written. Okay. <laughs> okay. The big picture. What was the message of the movie? If you're going to try to steal, make sure that you don't leave any clues behind. It's <laughs> a very cynical view of it. What about something like having faith in yourself? Oh. Yeah. Usually you come up with stuff like that. <laughs> I guess yours would work too. Okay. But mine is more logical. Uh, so overall in cinema history where you put this I think it should be definitely top 100 for the thrillers yeah yeah I think that's fair I thought it was pretty good okay and the Katie goes to the Cherry Limeade Award the award for the part of the movie that you could watch every single day I've got two nominees I've got Charles Boyer's Hypnotic Lies he's not a very likable person in the two movies we've seen his character but he's very smooth the way he lies yeah makes you want to believe him when you you know it's not true and then the other one i have is ingrid bergman close-ups i just can't get enough because of her pretty nose she's, she's very pretty mm-hmm. and and so soft looking because they always like yeah. you're fuzzy in old-timey movies like these they always like hair. they'd always like blur out the the, the woman so they look yeah. prettier in a close-up i don't know why that made them look prettier Wait, I have a mirror or something, and I know that it's not real because, like, it it's weird. It's, like, it's like almost fogged up a little bit, so your skin seems better. <laughs> <laughs> it's on one of my makeup palettes. <laughs> okay. Good to know that. So, do you have any nominees? And the Katie goes to Charles Boyer, Lies. Okay. The Odessa Steps Award. So I have three nominees for the best scene. The first scene where he snatches the letter from her. That whole scene where he starts driving her crazy. I have the party scene where he pretends like she stole his watch. Why did she cry from that? Because she believes that she has gone completely crazy. Completely crazy. She really believes it now. She can't even be out in public anymore. That's really sad. Don't you think? Yeah. And the last one I have is the torture scene, where she's torturing him. And the kid goes to the torture scene. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. it was pretty good. Yeah. It was a pretty good, intense scene. All right, this goes to 11, the word for the most over-the-top moment. I've got a few nominees, although they're not crazy over-the-top, because the acting was really good. Mm-hmm. And it whatever Paula did, it makes sense, because he was, like, making her. Yeah. I've got Gregory's weaseling out. Where he's he's trying to convince her to let him go. 
I've got Paula's frantically searching for the brooch. She's dumping out her purse and everything. And I've got Mrs. Thwaites' overeager interest in the house. Mrs. Thwaites in general. Yeah, just... Yeah. Okay. She was not a likable person. She's very nosy. All right, the next word is the McDonald's French fry award. Can we change the name? Yeah, you can always change the name. Um, Once you come up with a good idea. Uh, the Thomas Mitchell Award. Ooh. Because he was so good in every single movie that we watched in the 1939 season. Yeah, he was. He could have probably won this every every time. Yeah. Just about, it seemed like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Thomas Mitchell Award. The award for, well, we can't call it the most delicious side. Uh, okay, so we'll call it the award for the the best side character in the movie. Okay. Okay. I've got two nominees. I've got Nancy, the maid. I thought she was kind of annoying. Yeah, she was annoying, but that's what made her interesting. And Mrs. Thwaite, who was super annoying, but also kind of funny. I have a nominee. Oh, yeah. I don't know what his name was, but the police officer that walked around at night. Oh, yeah, I don't remember his name. Yeah. Because he was kind of funny. And he, he, he wasn't annoying. He was into the maid, too. He was. Oh, yeah. They went on a date. They went on a date. Night. Yeah. And the kid he goes to? The police officer that walks around at night. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's the pictures that got small. The best quote award. If I were not mad, I could have helped you. Whatever you had done, I could have, I could have pitied and protected you. But because I am mad, I hate you. Because I am mad, I have betrayed you. And because I am mad, I'm rejoicing in my heart without a shred of pity, without a shred of regret, watching you go with glory in my heart. I really liked that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, the next two are from Gregory. Jewels are wonderful things. They have a life of their own. And then the last one nominee I have is I don't ask you to understand me. Between us all the time were those jewels. Like a fire. A fire in my brain that separated us. Those jewels which I wanted all my life. I don't know why. Goodbye, Paula. And the Katie goes to Paula's cup. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to repeat that one? No. You want to act it out? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Who won the movie? Joseph Cotton. Joseph Cotton? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because... Joseph Cotton, the actor, or the inspector? The inspector. Okay. Because Charles Boyer, he didn't get what he wanted, Mm -hmm. and he got arrested. And then um, Paula, she got, like, the person who she actually loved in the beginning betrayed her and crushed her. But the inspector, like, it was kind of a win-win for him. Okay. Fair enough. R-E-S-P-E-C-T? Should this movie be remade? Yes, but only as a parody. As a parody? <laughs> could it be remade? Yeah. And would it have to be remade in 1838, or could you update it? You could update it. Yeah. But I don't think it would really work in 2019. No, you'd have to be creative, but... Maybe, like, social media could also play a role in it. Oh, it definitely would. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I was like, I know I'm so smart. I'm so smart. <laughs> All right. 
Michael Myers scale, zero to ten for our Halloween season. Four. Four? Yeah. It was that scary? Intense. Scary intense, not scary creeped out. Well, my little pony is a one for me. Oh, I'm I'm creeped out by my little pony. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a seven. Are you sure it's not like a twelve? No, it's like a seven. Because I know it's not real. It's not real, is it? Okay. That's a wrap. Brief takeaways from the movie. I, first time I saw it, I think it was a pretty good movie. Um, I I really appreciated the the acting. I thought it was really, really top-notch acting. And I I thought the production was pretty good. And I think it was a a pretty good thriller that, that has led to lots of great movies like Fatal Attraction. What do you think? I think that you should never trust any weird Frenchman. And it's good advice. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like what you said, the acting was really good, especially for Charles Boyer. And it was, it was like a way better movie than I thought it would be. So, recommendations? Yeah, I would recommend it. To? Everybody. Everybody. Except for if you get creeped out really easily. (laughs) By French people? Yeah. (laughs) All right, Katie. See, that's a wrap. That's a wrap, Katie. This episode of My Fair Katie was written and produced by Scott and Katie Schimmick. A special thanks for our music to Marty Achardi Esquire, the best IP lawyer on this side of the Hudson.